Now is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. LZ, Errol Spence Jr. took on uh, Garcia this weekend. And look, man. Woo! Looks like he's back. Yeah, I'll just say this. I appreciate Danny Garcia's attempt to get in that ring. He did not back down. He is tough as nails. Um, He tried his best. But Errol Spence Jr.'s skill level is on a completely different stratosphere than Danny Garcia's. It is. It is. And, you know, there were questions about what we were going to see, you know, because Spence hadn't been giving us his best. Let's just put it that way. Well, and he'd been out since the car accident (laughs) for a year, you know? Well, I mean, but even before then, it wasn't like, you know, he was setting the world on fire. But, um, man, I'm I'm just, I'm like closing my eyes and I'm like going, I don't think he won a round, did he? Uh, No, I had Garcia winning a couple of rounds, but not very, I had him winning two. (laughs) Like, that was it, yeah. I was just like closing my eyes, going back through my head, and I was like going, I don't remember there being a moment in which I was like going, oh, yeah. No, it just felt as if, you know, Spence Jr. just had complete control of the entire match. Basically, after round five, it was a snoozer, um, in my opinion. So, uh, something that may or may not be a snoozer, also in the world of boxing, is Floyd Mayweather fighting Logan Paul. I thought you said boxing. Uh, ish, uh, on February 20th, 2021, look, Floyd always loves him an opportunity to make some money. Uh, the Paul, uh, brothers, Logan and Jake have, uh, obviously been at it in the boxing ring, the YouTube stars. Um, this is, I'm not paying money for this. Like I, I already feel like I paid $75 to watch a glorified sparring session this past weekend with two guys who can actually fight. Okay. Uh, I'm not wasting one dime on Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. I'll see the highlights on Twitter. I, I, I'm with you. Um, not, none of this. Well, first of all, I've actually have never paid for a Floyd fight. So I'm certainly not going to do it now, facing some guy who's not even a real boxer, even right. though – you know, we we did. He did put in some work recently. Yeah, <laughs> Laura. What Laura? Laura saw the fight. Where Laura? Where'd you watch it? IG live, man. I wasn't paying no seventy five dollars for that. <laughs> Come on, uh-uh. it was there somewhere, <laughs> yeah, right? Got yeah. me twisted. Yeah. That's I funny. Uh, yeah, you can't find it. Periscope, IG Live. They'll shut those things down though. Eventually, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep bouncing around though, don't you? No, nah, I saw the entire thing. This girl got away with. I know on Facebook they shut it down, yeah. but IG, I had like three people the entire fight. Oh wow, mm-hmm. good for you. Um, so anyway, last thing here, you know, LZ, we've made fun of the Astros a lot on this show uh, over the last year or so. We've also yeah. been fearful of them. Speaking of teams to fear as we were discussing uh, teams to fear in football earlier, and we were talking about villains uh, with the Lakers on Larry Bird's birthday. But uh, the Astros fit both of those particular molds. And Family Guy, one of our favorite shows on television, had their way with the Astros recently. Laura, play the clip from Family Guy, courtesy of Fox Television. ESPN now returns to our 30 for 30 documentary on the Houston Astros cheating scandal. We knew the Astros were stealing signals. Someone was back there banging on a trash can. We just couldn't figure out who. Several players were interviewed by the league, but none would reveal the mastermind of this garbage can scheme. (laughs) That's so terrible. Yeah, but great. So terrible, but so good. So good. So great. So good. Like, don't let them off the hook because the season's over and we've won and move on. No. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm still petty. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> There's no question about that. 877-710-ESPN. A lot of people weighing in on the Rams. Uh, and that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good time. So we asked the question, um, 
Which team are they? The one we saw this week, the one we saw last week. Uh, what worries you, whether it's internally within the team uh, or in the NFC at 877-710-ESPN. And Larry Bird's 64th birthday, we've been discussing who the biggest Lakers villain in. A lot of Kevin McHale. Uh, a few votes, a lot of Celtics, basically. Paul Pierce. Isaiah Thomas is kind of the lone uh, non-Celtic. He's like in a separate category, although there have been some Spurs nominations too. Bruce Bowen, Tim Duncan. Uh, you can tweet us at LZ Granderson for LZ at Sedano for myself. But real quick, before we get back to your calls, let's get to Monday afternoon quarterback. So here's Monday afternoon quarterback. LZ and I go through about a handful of games that we thought were important from over the weekend, including the local teams. And uh, we pick kind of one thing that kind of stood out to us. And in the Rams-Cardinals game, LZ, the thing that stood Mm -hmm. out to me, because Sean McVay was on with us, you know, earlier in the week and talked about Kyler Murray, right, and what kind of a weapon he is and how you have to really contain him. And and because he's young, right, I think you can – find ways to potentially confuse him. Um, Sean didn't say that. We were talking about that. But Sean talked about the importance of trying to to limit him. And I thought they did a great job of that. They confused him multiple times. He threw a terrible pick six, but a lot of that was on the yep. disguising of the defense. Uh, yep. So it was really yep. the defense that did it, for, that did it uh, more so than Kyler necessarily throwing a bad pass, even though it looked bad. And then he had the, the strip sack fumble. Um, the defense was all over him, and I thought that was a huge key. Yeah, listen, I when we were doing purgatory last week before the game on Friday, and Mace was talking about, you know, obviously Jared Goff having a bounce back game, I was very much focused in on the defense and saying that I don't think that we need Jared Goff to set the world on fire. We just need him not to turn the ball over because as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, our defense is going to handle whatever Arizona offense has to give up. Right. Now, the score may think that our defense wasn't there, but really the score is reflective of some really weird mistakes yeah and not necessarily the defense not being in control of the game yeah i agree wholeheartedly next (laughs) packers eagles now you know aaron Rodgers and company got it done um but look if you're a rams fan complaining about jared goff and i know we've been critical but we don't complain about him and that's different uh it could be worse you could have signed carson wentz to a 35 million dollar a year deal and that's way (laughs) worse than having jared goff and Jalen Hurts actually looked pretty good. He moved the ball a lot easier than Carson Wentz did. But, man, LZ, Carson Wentz, he is not anywhere near the same player he was in 2017 when he was on his way to a potential MVP season. Listen, I will give you know Jeff Fisher credit. They drafted the right QB. I just think it's ironic that he drafted Jared Goff and he tried to turn him into Carson Wentz when he should have just let him be Jared Goff. But, man, we dodged a bullet with that one. It looks like Wentz is on his way out, um, and he may find himself bouncing around for a little bit because it's, you know, based upon reporting, he's not a great locker room guy either. Yeah. Next, Browns and Titans. Now, normally this would not be a game we'd discuss, but it was was a game against uh, or between two teams that are, you know, battling it out near the top of the AFC, and – you know what? Baker Mayfield has taken a lot of grief, including from myself, LZ, but this season, okay, he has shown that he doesn't need to be the focus and the centerpiece and that he could be just a, a, a piece of the puzzle. They have run the ball really well. He, this is his – now, he was awesome yesterday. He had four touchdowns and uh, 340 yards or 335 yards, if I believe. He was great. 
However, that's the first time he's thrown for 300 yards this season, and they now have eight wins. Uh, I actually think this <laughs> Browns team is really good. No, it is. It is. And, you know, last season they were really good too. They just couldn't put wins together. Well, he but was making big good. mistakes. They put too much he, on him last year. Yes, and he was trying to do too much. Right. Uh, now, you know, and it's so weird because they're actually playing better without Odell Beckham Jr. in terms of him spreading the ball around. I don't think they're necessarily a more talented team without him. But now Baker is able to spread the ball around a lot more and allow the defense to make sure that games never get out of hand. Next, <laughs> Dolphins-Bengals. Another game we normally wouldn't touch on, but this game was crazy. There were multiple ejections, multiple personal fouls on the Dolphins' kick returner or punt returner, uh, Jakeem Grant, by the same player uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals. The second time it happened, after the ejections had already taken place with other players, the teams took the field and and basically started a brawl. Devontae Parker, the wide receiver, uh, drilled one of the uh, Bengals' assistants, uh, knocked him to the ground. But the topic to me is Brian Flores, the coach of the Dolphins, going out and going after Zach Taylor, the head coach you know, former McVay prodigy, uh, Zach Taylor, and going right after him because he was tired of all the dirty play by the Bengals. I'll tell you this, LZ, that guy made a fan out of a lot of people yesterday for standing up for his players, and if they didn't already believe him, believe in him in the locker room, now they definitely believe in him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, you know, everybody loves a nice emotional coach, but we love an emotional coach where a legitimate issue and he's there for his guys. And so I'm with you. I'd love to see it. Um, I doubt we'll see him do that five seasons from now. Yes. You know? <laughs> but when you're young and you're just new in a job and you're finally winning, hell yeah, get in there with your boys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, look, he's built like a player still, right? Like, oh, still. There's no question about that. Oh, yeah, still. He ain't worried about no, no you know, he ain't worried yeah, about but- no kickers, put it, put it that way. Right. Next. <laughs> Saints and Falcons. So the Saints find another way. They are undefeated in the last two years. 8-0 without Drew Brees. But my question to you is this. I know Sean Payton is an amazing offensive coach. An amazing coach in general, but specifically on offense. Do you believe when Drew Brees retires next year that Taysom Hill can be the quarterback for the Saints? Not only do I believe it, I said it last season. Wow. I did. Listen to the morning show or archives, okay. you know, in the Smithsonian or wherever right. they keep the old tapes <laughs> yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, because you could tell just from the usage that he was that he did have last season that Sean saw some things that he wants to try to tr- use that other coaches have that he can't right now. Mm-hmm. But he can groom this guy, teach him how to be a better passer, but even though he's a little longer than tooth, like, he was born in 1990. He's not a young guy. He's been around for a minute, but he's with a coach now who's going to take his athleticism and see what he can squeeze out of him. So, yeah, I think he is the coach, the, the QB of the future. Interesting. I, I'm not sold on that just yet. I need to see a little more. Well, where's think, Jameis? Uh, no, I don't know if Jameis is either. <laughs> I'm not saying it's him either. I, I'm just saying that I, I'm not 100% sold on him necessarily being that guy. Next. Raiders and Jets, we talked about them a little bit earlier. Uh, The Raiders, with their miraculous win, uh, have a 49% chance to get in the playoffs. Uh, They're trailing the Indianapolis Colts by a game who they will face this weekend, LZ. Do you like them in a matchup against the Colts? No. Mm. (laughs) 
No. Who else you got? That's pretty much it. That's what I I got one more. Next. <laughs> Chargers Patriots. We've talked a lot about the Chargers woes, but the Patriots still find themselves not mathematically eliminated. They have a 21% chance of getting into the postseason. Do you believe in Bill and Cam, LZ? Man, they are a disgusting-looking football team, but they found a way to score 45 points, so maybe things are turning around. I don't know. Um, what I do know is this, that this Rams defense ain't afraid of that Patriots team. Yeah. So I see them getting in because they're losing Rams on Thursday. Yeah, we'll see. They will play on Thursday on this very station. You can check it out right here. Uh, coverage. Begins at 3 o'clock, I believe, here on 710 ESPN. The game is at 515. All right, that is Monday afternoon quarterback. Don't forget, Santa Key is coming your way. You can pick from our stockings here on the 710 chimney. Of course, some Laker goodies there for you. It's going to happen between 530 and 6, so keep it locked for that. Coming up next, speaking of the NBA and the Lakers, what is the biggest thing that could influence the NBA season this year? We'll get into that, plus all sorts of drama with James Harden that I think everyone is keeping an eye on. Soon after that, LeBron discusses his partnership with the Lakers. All that coming up, plus your calls on who the Lakers', Lakers biggest villain is in honor of Larry Bird's birthday. Is it Larry? Is it Mikhail? Is it Isaiah? Do you have someone else on the board that we haven't gotten to? 877-710-ESPN and your thoughts on the NFL weekend, Rams, Raiders, Chargers, etc. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. If you yeah. want to hop aboard, it's 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. We'll take you to 6 o'clock today. The Sean McVay Show is on after us. Uh, your boy, your boo, Alex Smith, LZ, just yes, took sir. a 20 to 17 lead against the Steelers. Oh, there's a flag on the play, so maybe not. Um, so the Steelers are undefeated at 11 and 0. By the way, have you, let me ask you this before we move on to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Have you? I mean, I, I understand it's a weird season, but I feel like if the in any other year, if a team was 11 and 0, we'd be making a huge deal about it. They're the most unimpressive 11 0 team in the history of 11 and 0 teams. That's right? probably why. Yeah, like like they they just win in that Steeler fashion. They won like this, you know, with Cower. They are winning like this with Tom, you know, where it's just like they don't look like they're beating or dominating anybody, and yet you can't beat them. And they just methodically go through. Tom has never even had a losing season. Right. And he's been around, like, since my son's, like, been in middle school or something. I know. He's been around a long, long time. A long time, man. So we don't talk about him, George, because – one, we assume that the Chiefs are going to beat them anyway, but also, two, they just don't look impressive. Right. They just win. Right, right. They don't do it in an impressive fashion. Well, we'll find out. There's uh, two minutes and four seconds, and they're down three. Uh, so we're about to find out if they can pull it off here or not. We'll keep you up to date on that. Um, LZ, let's talk about James Harden for a second, and then we can get into kind of a bigger picture NBA discussion. Okay. So for those that don't know, James Harden, as we all know, does not want to be in Houston anymore. 
So he was supposed to show up to training camp, and then he didn't. And he, he, we were told by his head coach, Stephen Silas, that he didn't show up, but he had a reason, and you know we'll figure it out, and he'll be here for an individual workout. Well, he didn't show up to the individual workout, but then the internet found him. And you know where they found him? At Dre's in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, there are a couple of reports out there, including one by Rohan Nerkarni from Sports Illustrated, who does a good job covering the NBA for them. Says a person familiar with James Harden's thinking described the Rockets' culture as toxic and called them the, quote, Knicks of the South. Um, and look, that's fine. That that could be entirely the case, LZ. I don't, you know, but it's I, not. But I don't believe that that's the case. But that it's might not. be it might be his perception of it. Uh, it's Is not it? the Knicks. It, it's not the Knicks. It, it isn't. But here's what I would say. Um, if James Harden wants out, that's fine. Um, but you know, you got to be a pro at some point. And I'm not this guy, man. I don't want to sound like the old guy that doesn't understand players and all that because I have absolutely been there, right? Like, I've covered these teams for a really long time, and I've covered players, and you have covered players, and we know how this works. By the way, Ben Roethlisberger, a ball tipped. The Washington football team has intercepted the ball and now has the ball up three with under two minutes to go and going into a timeout. But back to James Harden. You got to be a pro, and I, I I sound like my father saying that, um, but it, there this is unprofessional, especially for this reason. Man, you can't be just ghosting the new coach, who happens to be a first time head coach who has grinded his way. Okay, he's a young guy grinded his way to this position, right? He is the son of a head coach. He has done it right. He has gone through multiple staffs, worked his way up the ladder. This is shenanigans, man. Like, that dude, Steven Silas, as a first-time young head coach, deserves better, man. And you can't be the guy championing um, causes for minorities and then slapping your first-time minority coach in the face when by not showing up at all and not even giving real reasons for it. It's trash, dog. It's just trash. Like, real talk... Like, real, real talk. He is showing you right now why he can't lead a team to a championship. Yeah. He is showing you right now, as offensively talented as he is, as gifted as he is, as much as he has bring, he brings to the game in terms of entertainment and, like, highlight moments. Leadership counts. Leadership matters. And... If I'm a new team and I'm thinking about trading for James Harden and he's doing this when he's upset, what is that informing me? What is that telling me? Mm-hmm. What is that letting me know what I'm getting into? This isn't a young guy who's upset over his first dust up with the franchise. James Harden has is 30 some years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a grown-ass man acting like a child. Oh, and by the way, we are still in a pandemic. 2,000 Americans are dying every day from COVID-19. 
So not only are you being disrespectful to your point to this young brother who worked his way up on the rough side of the mountain to get this opportunity to be a head coach, and you want to run around to my Black Lives Matter, and here you are disrespecting this young brother. You can't even respect him enough to call him back? Yeah. Not only you got that going on, but then you're being like a single-man super spreader going around partying without a mask on, as far as I can tell from the photos, in Vegas and stuff, quite possibly prolonging your absence from this team. Right. Like what this is, and what's even worse about all of this, now he's got his mom on social media defending him. You done dragged your mama up in it. She's already in over her head because you fired your agent, made her your agent. You want to get out of Houston, and she's not equipped to do that. Right. <laughs> she shouldn't be in this position to begin with. Yeah. It, it's a complete unmitigated disaster. It is. Yeah. And he's putting a lot of other people, to your point, in harm's way for no apparent reason other than his own selfishness. And by the way, this is all on the same day when you know who reported to Washington today at practice with his yes. team is Russell Westbrook. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Russ ain't never been a problem. Right. At least not off the court. You may not like some of the decision-making on the court. I certainly don't from time to time. Sure. But he's always been a real one. Right. Always. Yeah. And Things you can't so question man. You'll never question his professionalism. No. Never. James is so disappointing, man. It's yeah. just disappointing. It is. Um and and th- maybe this is why he wants to go to Brooklyn. So he doesn't have to worry about that stuff and he can just play basketball. But you still going to be there, dog. The man who's out in the club Tossing dollar bills in the air, ignoring his brand new coach, young brother worked up the hard way, ignoring the franchise that's paying him his salary. The man that's doing all that is the man that's going to be traded to Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's not like you're getting away from the bad elements of the team because you're part of the bad elements of the team. Correct. Correct. But he doesn't have the responsibility of being the franchise player anymore. And maybe that's what he wants. Um, But I, I just think that while he is the franchise player, and he's paid like the franchise player, he needs to act like the franchise player. Because he's putting, yeah. as you mentioned, his first-time head coach, his mom, and all sorts of other people in a situation that's precarious, to say the least. So To say the least. Yeah. And I it, get it, dog. You want to win, and you see yeah. all your homies you know, link up and all this other stuff, but this is not the way to do it. Yeah, 877-710-ESPN if you want to hop aboard, 877-710-3776. Coming up next, LeBron. Lays down the partnership that he has with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Going to be uh, something Laker fans are going to want to listen to here in a second. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Happy birthday, Larry Bird, 64 years old. He looks like he's 84, but still probably, uh, you know. How about just birthday? We ain't got to wish my happy one. I'm still mad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I agree. Birthday, Larry Bird. There so we we've been asking, who is the biggest Laker villain? Is it Larry Bird on his birthday at 64 years old? Uh, we've had a lot of different contributions to the show today. 
including Kevin McHale has made an appearance. Uh, Kevin Johnson with Phoenix, uh, he would always torch us, according to Daniel. Uh, who else? Who else? Oh, Lakers villain is Danny Ainge for reasons I cannot fit in this tweet, uh, says here. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Danny Ainge is a good one. Uh, Kevin McHale, though, the clothesline on Kurt Rambis. Yeah, that, that definitely gets people That's pretty blind. bad. Yeah. Uh, Paul, that's pretty bad. And he got to fight with James Worthy, too. Uh, Paul Pierce has been discussed. Chauncey Billups is being nominated. Uh, he really? did have... Uh, you know, he had that. I mean, he was amazing in that finals. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I don't know. Do you think about just, it? just five games. Yeah, yeah. You know? And there's not like it. right a lot of history other than those right. five games. Yeah. Uh, Ralph Sampson, uh, Martin, Texas, and says that in 1986 he made me cry by hitting a shot with one second left. I'll never forget that shot. <laughs> uh, so people can chime in at eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Let's go to Javier in LA before we get to what LeBron said today. Javier, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, but hey, um, the cast of uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Bill and Beer, Joe Dumars, those guys. Uh, every time I watch, it was a brawl, basketball. That's what I called it. Yeah, yeah, I, it did feel like that. There was no question. I mean, LZ, you were on the other side of that as a kid. And thank you for the call, Javier. Stay healthy, stay safe, and happy holidays. Uh, don't forget, by the way, Santa Key coming to town somewhere now, between now and the end of the show. So don't go anywhere with that. LZ, you were on the other side of those as a kid growing up in Michigan. What was it like to watch those? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's just the way you played ball. Right. You know, it, and you know what's really interesting is that people get so caught up in the physical aspect of that team, of that roster, that they really ignore just how talented they were. Like, Bill Lambeer was one of the best big shooting men ever. Right. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Like, he couldn't post up or dribble or anything like that, but you couldn't leave him open from three or from mm-hmm. deep. He was money, and the three-guard rotation, you know, they were all ball handlers, all playmakers, all really good scorers. So, for me, it was like, yeah, I knew there were fights, but everybody in the NBA fought. I was busy concentrating on, like, the skill and, like, trying to shoot off the curl like Vinny Johnson. Though I will say this, though. You brought about Larry Bird and his birthday. To this day, the most important shot of my life was the running baby hook, Magic Johnson, over the over their outstretched hands. Though Larry Bird didn't bother jumping because I think he knew he couldn't get it. But that 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 moment in time for me, whenever I think about my youth growing up, it's not a piston moment. It's that moment. Yeah, yeah, I get that, you. That, that's the moment when I fell in love with the game. It was like my favorite player was Magic. I hated the, the Celtics. And like that moment was everything. Right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I think that America was on one side or the other back then, right? <laughs> that was yeah. it because those were the two teams that were always going to see each other, it felt like. Right. I mean, granted, it wasn't always the case, but it did feel like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, there were all sorts of dynamics. You know, there was the blue collar versus the rural dynamic. Yeah. There was obviously the black and white dynamic. There the was black the and white was a pretty big dynamic. Let's not, you know, it, we I made mean, that was... We, we made a multiple part 30 for 30, basically, and, and, and a lot of that was included in it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to downplay the racial aspect of it. <laughs> I, I, Let's not I'm make not, it seem like that wasn't the biggest thing, you know? I, I will say this. Uh, with no brothers wearing no Converse Larry Birds, I'll put that not in my neighborhood. Right. But, but you know, there are black people in Boston, and they're yeah. very proud of their Celtics. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I just really thought it was about the, the – it was more about the personalities. Oh, Magic, sure, sure. Magic sure. represented the culture. He yeah. was Hollywood. 
Yeah. And then Bird represented things that were foreign to a lot of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no question about it. Absolutely, 100%. Um, LeBron spoke today, LZ, about his partnership uh, with the Lakers and how blessed he is, him and AD, to have the next several years kind of going here. And, you know, he talked about a lot of things, including that, you know, his next opportunity for free agency comes at an interesting time because Bronny will be coming out of high school. And, you know, look, we don't know what Bronny's going to be. He's only you know, he's a sophomore. He's 15 years old, you know, like he could grow into being um, a really good player. And he, he has grown physically in the pictures I've seen recently. I haven't got a chance to watch him play because um, I don't believe they're playing anymore. They played in like a preseason tournament about a month or so ago that I did see he played a little bit in. But, you know, this partnership with the Lakers is, is really the kind of it's the perfect culmination, right, of LeBron's career where, you know, he starts in Cleveland because he's from that area, right? He kind of bangs his head against the wall. And we could kind of bring this full circle. You know, we were talking about Larry Bird today on his birthday. And, you know, LeBron was, you know, Laura likes to say this, maybe, maybe crowned a little too soon in some people's mm -hmm. eyes. <laughs> And, you know, whether it was Larry or Kobe or a lot of people, LeBron has had to climb his way up that ladder. Um, and and I think he not only has done that, you know, whether it was, you know, going and finally, you know, getting on a super team, which, look, let's face it, every champion has done. Nobody's playing by themselves uh, for the most part, or at least teams that had sustained success. And yeah. then, you know, he comes back to Cleveland, wins there, and now he finishes his career with the crown jewel of the NBA and finishes the, tw you know, I'm going to use the word phrase twilight, but you get my point. The latter stages of his career being surrounded by another great player who's ascending and probably the ability to play with a franchise that's going to continue to be able to surround him with other great talent. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, I'm always concentrating, George, on the all-time scoring mark. And there is to me, no better place for him to do that than as a Laker to pass the great Kareem. And it looks as if he's going to be locked in and a Laker when that happens. And I think that is absolutely tremendous. And I know he's from Cleveland and there's, you know, you kind of maybe want him to, you know, score his last points where he scored his first, his first points. I get that. That's all great, fine and dandy. But LeBron... I feel has done all he needs to do for Cleveland. He's building on his legacy beyond that. Mm -hmm. He's he wants a statue out there with the other Laker greats, mm -hmm. and he knows what it's going to take to be considered for one of those opportunities. He's going to mm -hmm. have to win multiple championships, and if he does end up passing Kareem, uh, he wants to do it in purple and gold to make sure that there's that that connectivity there. So I'm glad I'm glad for him, but we know the real prize in all of this is AD, because believe it or not, George, one day LeBron's going to retire. Right. And when he does, you kind of want to know everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And with that young man, AD, I think everything's going to be okay. Don't you? I think I think we're all right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I think I do we're think good. I, I do think that. I, I mean, I think that, you know, look, you always want a perimeter player to be able to go with him, and I think the Lakers will be able to figure that out later, you know. But, 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's an extraterrestrial, LZ. He is uh, one of the most unique talents, not just in the game right now, but just in the game in general. Like, think about right. it. He's seven feet tall, as athletic a phenom as we've ever seen, and yep. can literally do it all on the floor. Can post you up, can dominate on the inside, could shoot the ball from the outside. You know, he's a pretty good passer for a big man. I mean, I'm not making him, you know, Marcus Gasol, right, or, or right, anything right. like that, but he's he's more than capable. So, like, yep. and defensively, he is arguably the best player on the planet right now, you know, or at the very least, the top three player on the planet yep. on that side. So I, I do think that, yeah, I, I mean, the Lakers are in great hands for a long time. Oh, LZ, you hear that? Santa Key, caller 7 right now at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Can pick from our chimney and make sure you can pick a stocking, the Keyshawn stocking, the Greeny stocking, the Max stocking. You can pick from the Mason and Ireland stocking, myself or LZ, Playoff Sliwa or Kaplan, and you can win Lakers goodies. That's going to happen in the next segment. So we're going to be back in two minutes and people can chime in on this discussion on how the Lakers are built for success beyond uh, today. Also at 877-710-ESPN or tweet us at LZ Granderson at Sedano. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Sedano and LZ, Santa Key. We have caller number seven. It's Lynn C. from Alhambra. Lynn, congratulations. Woohoo! thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. And uh, you get to pick one of our stockings here on the 710 Chimney. You can pick the Keyshawn stocking, the Greeny stocking, the Max Kellerman stocking, Mason or Ireland, myself or LZ, playoff Sliwa or Kaplan. Who are you selecting? I'll pick Mason and Ireland. Okay, there you go. Let Mason or Ireland. you got to pick one. Uh, I'll pick Mason. Okay, there you go. All right. That's right. It's my stocking, the Mason stocking, above the 710 fireplace. Congratulations. You win an Anthony Davis 12-inch collectible from Small Stars. Put that up in your man cave to get ready for the season. You're going to love it. So there you have it. Congratulations, Lynn. Thank you. All right. We're going to put you on hold. Laura's going to take care of your information and thank you again for listening and happy holidays and stay safe okay thank you thank you guys all right congratulations there it is another satisfied customer lz granderson i like how she tried to get two stockings though she did she tried to sneak in mason and ireland yes 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 it was or it was or (laughs) but i could see that you know everyone thinks they're a pair and that that can be confusing yeah you know hope one is okay yeah one one works too um so anyhow Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the Niners just took a 6 nothing lead. Uh, touchdown from Mullins to Ayuk. Uh, and, of course, everyone's still keeping an eye on this because the Niners are still in this, LZ. They are not eliminated. Say, what if they come back? They are not eliminated from the playoffs. There is still a possibility that four teams from the NFC West could be represented in the playoffs this year because Buffalo fumbled. Zach Moss fumbled on his uh, way out of the end zone. The uh, Bills were backed up. And uh, the Niners, interestingly enough, 
uh, score a touchdown after being stuffed on fourth down on their previous drive at the one-yard <laughs> line, which is where the Bills ended up fumbling. Niners get it back. They end up scoring the touchdown anyway. So uh, there's the score and your update. All right, LZ, we've got a couple of minutes before we go here. As you look at the NBA season, what is there that's out there right now? And it could be anything. You know, it could be an individual thing. It could be a team-related thing. It could be a big-picture thing. What is the biggest thing that you think could influence the NBA season this year? I think the biggest thing to influence the NBA season is going to be how the pandemic is handled. Right. I think that's going to be the biggest thing because, you know, obviously we're happy that we're able to complete the season in a bubble, but we're now trying to start the season outside of a bubble. Right. And we see the touch and go scenario of the NFL. And so I think that when you ask yourself what could be an issue, I would say the, the way the pandemic is, is, is handled and it's, uh, you know, the, the impact it has on games being played. Yeah, I, I think the pandemic, I think it's definitely going to be a battle of attrition, right? That's fair to say. Uh, and that can be COVID-related, that can be injury-related, because we have the quick turnaround. Uh, the NBA, the story was out there today. I want to make sure I got this correct, okay? So the NBA put out there today that, uh, I know that Chris Haynes reported it, so I want to make sure. Oh, no, it was Tim Bontemps, uh, our buddy, who said, the NBA sent out a memo to teams on Monday, giving them the flexibility specifically early in the season, to rest players in non-national TV games, including veterans who, quote, played a substantial role on a team that advanced deep into the 2020 playoffs. So it's basically the four conference finals teams. So it's the LeBron rule. Right. Which I love. Yeah. That's respect. That's respect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely do love that. Because um, we were, we were going to take the time off anyway, so you might as well... <laughs> You might as well, you know, work with us as opposed to work against us. See, that's mm -hmm. how you do it in the NBA. The NFL, they would want to dig their heels and be like, ah, oh, you got to play. Ah. The NBA is like going, no, we get it. <laughs> wait, wait. Can you do that one more time, the NFL? Oh, my, my pirate voice? Yeah. Ah, 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 you got to play. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Is Roger Goodell in, like, your nightmares? Is Roger Goodell a pirate? <laughs> He's, you know what? It is like... It's the epitome of the NFL, the no fun league. Arr, mm. There's no time for fun. Arr, no dancing. So I don't necessarily <laughs> think that is Roger Goodell. I just think it's like the way that the NFL in, in general handles everything is a very bog humbug, do it for the money first and foremost sort of, you know, sort of league. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it, it is that. It, it's the shield matters more. Right. Like, right. and by the way. Which the is BS, by the way. Yeah, it is BS. Which is, is yeah. BS yeah. when you look at the way they handle the shield, yeah. but it's a culture that they're selling you. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would say this in regards to uh, the NBA's partnership with players, including their best players, and particularly their best player, LeBron, is that, you know, look, it is a give and take. I'm sure LeBron and those players didn't want to play in a bubble, but they knew that was the best way to kind of salvage things, the business, and their partners at the end of right. the day, the leagues and the player, uh, the players. And the NBA does a really good job of understanding it's a partnership. The NFL, while partnering with the players in their financial uh, matters, doesn't treat the players as a partner when making decisions. Is that a fair way to describe it? 
Arg, it's not a democracy here, my friends. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, no, it's not a it's not a partnership. And and it's because it's not a partnership, they're not quite as hostile with each other as there are in baseball. Right. But there's not a lot of trust there yeah. at all. Yeah. There's not. No. Yeah, there's definitely not a lot of a lot of trust there for sure. Um with the Lakers. The, Go ahead. I'm sorry. What, what about the NBA having a stimulus package for all the teams? Yeah, there was you that. See that? Too. Yeah, there <laughs> was, was thirty that million dollars for everybody if you're having a tough time starting the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they remember they did ex- extend their line of credit. The NBA they did that to kind of protect some of the franchises that could be struggling, right? So, you know, during the pandemic, they kind of they they've taken a lot of different matters, right, to figuring out. Um, you know, how to keep everything afloat, right? And business, keep, keep try to keep yep. business as usual as best they can while also being nimble enough to move things around when necessary. By the way, I just had like this, I keep, I completely forgot the Niners are playing in Arizona um, because they can't play in Santa Clara because oh, of, yeah. of the orders. So they just right. showed a picture as they're going to commercial Monday Night Football of the Cardinals stadium. And I'm like, <laughs> why are they showing the Cardinals? And I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Kyler Murray's still scrambling from Aaron Donald. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but let me ask you this with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Are you straight up load managing LeBron or are, you know, like telling him, LeBron, you ain't playing in games? Or are you trying to limit the minutes and letting him play? Because um, Vogel, definitely- remember, Vogel talked to us about that last week, remember? Yep. I am definitely saving LeBron for national games, minutes and availability wise. So, so you're and, and you're willing to sit him for other games? We ain't, Le, LeBron ain't, ain't playing Sacramento this year. If if I'm in charge, right? We're, we're not we're not doing Sacramento. We're probably not going to do you know Knicks. We're not going to do Oklahoma City. Like there's a whole lot of games, right? Because you just, know what. He doesn't need to play in Madison Square Garden if there's no fans. The whole point of right. playing in Madison Square Garden is to play against the fans. Exactly. Exactly. Now, once we pass whatever would be the all-star break and it's time for him to get his body right as yeah. usual, right. then you go ahead and just let him play. Yeah. But that first half of the season, come on, man. Why? If we need LeBron James to beat Sacramento, that's a problem. Right. Now, let me ask you this. If there's an East Coast trip, and let's say the East Coast trip is Orlando, Atlanta, Washington, and Charlotte. Those are the four games. Are you even letting LeBron get on the plane to those games? Are any of those games on national television? No, no. Then, then no. You're keeping him here in L.A. in like uh, cellophane wrap and just telling him, don't get COVID, stay home. But you know what? He's going to play. Yeah. LeBron's going to want to play. LeBron's not he'll, – he'll drop a game or two, but he's not taking off like a four-game stretch like that because that's actually counterproductive for what he needs too. Okay. You don't, want him to, you don't want him to fall out of the rhythm. You just don't want him to overwork. Right, right. Now, granted, I don't even know if they have a stretch like that, but chances <laughs> are they don't have a stretch with four bad teams in a row. Um, like I, I don't see that necessarily happening. But I just was curious, just out of, you know, a hypothetical, if you would let him. I, I, if that were a real stretch, I wouldn't let him get on the plane. I'd be like, nope, no. you're staying. No, unless Atlanta's like a nationally televised game or something. Which right you know, with Trey Young, right? Right, right, exactly. But I mean, honestly, it's like why? Yeah. Like and like, literally, I'm looking around like the first couple of games of the season, 
And I'm like, why is he playing Minnesota? Right. You know, it's on NBA TV, but on Christmas, you that got That don't Dallas. count, though. NBA TV don't count as yeah, a national exactly. televised game. Exactly. That's so it's like, TNT, ABC, or ESPN. Those NBA TV games. I love NBA TV, but come on. Right. Yeah. And, you, and you're not playing both games against San Antonio. Right. Oh, no. You just, oh, no. you know, that back-to-back. Yeah. You're not playing both games back-to-back yeah. against Memphis. Right. Yeah. You know, so, like, there's certain games I'm just looking right out the gate. It's like going, why am I having you play Chicago? Yeah. No, yeah. no you can rest. You I know? feel you. Yeah. All right. We're done here, LZ. Sean McVay show's coming up next. Excellent work as always. You too, brother. All right. Excellent work. Laura producing the show because Bergman's on vacation. It was so much quieter. So much quieter around here today. Uh, Thanks to Steve on the board as well. Sean McVay show's up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. See you.